0: Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, Broker Associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher.
1: Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host John Christopher. And today I have Shelter Island broker, actually one of the top brokers in Shelter Island, Susan Chinkata. Hi, Susan. How are you today?
2: I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Happy summer.
1: Happy summer. Yes, it's amazing that the summer's and you know is, is here, and we're past the uh, July Fourth already. But before we start talking about real estate Turkey, when I say that, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions about real estate. Let's just talk a little bit about you. You were involved in theater at an early age. Are you still acting?
2: I do, but not so much in the summers. The traffic is terrible to go places. So I concentrate on writing, you know, okay. because I, I do write. Yeah, that's And of well, course, my wonderful. business, <laughs> the whole real estate thing.
1: Well, what do you think? You know, it's funny when you said the writing. Uh, I was just, it gave me a thought, you know, with chat, the uh, GPT. Uh, does that help with your writing?
2: Um. Not have you used it really? I am I, old school playwright. I I really work on emotions uh, as limited dialogue as I can. I try to be funny at times, but mostly to touch people, depending on what my subject is. But it certainly that's takes much. me from one place to another. It does. Well, that's,
1: that's really great. Um, do you think that acting has helped you to be a successful broker and what aspect of it do you think it helped?
2: Oh, absolutely. Public speaking. Without a doubt. And and people you're portraying people, your art is is based on the instrument of yourself and understanding and being empathic with people and their needs and understanding their passions. So in that way, it's fine. And to be fearless, too, because you need to be fearless, you know. Real estate is nailing jello to a tree and holding on so it doesn't slither off till your deal is done. So there's a lot of, you know, going out there on a dare, you know, that kind of thing. So it helps you to and, be brave. I recommend yeah. it to everyone.
1: Awesome. That is awesome. Um, that, that's funny. I like your analogy. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like uh, keeping the jello from slipping down the tree, yes. the tree yes. a lot of times. Absolutely. Um, Let's just talk. Uh, just curious about, um, you know, Shelter Island. Uh, I know that there's a lot of new restaurants that have opened up. Have you been to any of those?
2: Uh, all of those. I, I like oh. restaurants. I like people, um, and I like I like our crowd. I like our summer people. I know most everybody, so I'm usually very lucky to get a seat at the bar or a table. Very fortunate. But I think there's a a great summer vibe on, and people like the new restaurants. We've sort of uh, come with, with a crisp new look to the next century. The Pridwin, although an old building, it retains a lot of the charm, a lot of the color, the pool bar and around it and the meeting place for people. It's modern and yet timeless. And the Cheekwood is the same, giving a Victorian vibe to what is essentially a brand new building. And they put the headaches behind them. They did so much. They spent so much, especially the Pridwin and and the uh, Cheekwood. The Rams Head continues to be as beautiful as it ever was. It has some of the best sunsets. Sunset Beach, of course, is fun and fabulous. You know, um, it's a it's a great place to be in the summer. Yeah,
1: right. It sounds like it's different than when I lived there oh, many Leon. years
2: ago. That's new. That's new, and that has an open hearth with really good chicken.
1: Really, really nice what's crab it too. I, I, Leon.
2: It's oh, named Leon. after their grandfather.
1: Ah, interesting. Okay, uh, what's the traffic light? Uh, traffic light now. Is it pretty heavy? Um, I'm looking Is it out my window
2: and I haven't seen a car. No, we, we, we I, I think that's part of our code. No traffic, no traffic lights. You know, sometimes you mess with the tourists and give you directions and say, make a right at the next traffic light. And that would be in sac arbor you
1: know, Right. Exactly. <laughs>
2: so, but uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty quiet. Although we have more, More people and there are little fender benders, you know, but we we have a bumper sticker that says slow down. You're not off island anymore. You're on island where there's no reason to go anywhere in a hurry. You know, I did notice that the IGA has been very packed in the daytime and that's very unusual. Usually it's spread out throughout the day. So we know the summer people are all here. It's about 10,000.
1: Wow, that, that's fascinating. Okay, um, what's the inventory like this year?
2: Inventory, there's a word that I have to dust off. There is no inventory. And if you get a listing or you you have people, like I'm I, a buyer broker, you go to the listing and then you put in a great offer, a lot of times over-ask offer and you hear, you're sixth, you're fifth, you're second, you're 12th. You know, final and best is something you hear all the time. And then, you know, within hours or days, it's over. And then another week goes by, it's in contract. But unless you're MLS, which takes a uh, very good inventory, uh, we don't get any data. Suffolk County was hacked and it's behind and doing it the best it can. But we're not getting that hard data into our municipality and being a small municipality where we handle everything a lot, our own, as you know, you live there, it's it's very difficult for us. So we were hoping that Suffolk County does um, at least get us our deeds and things like that shortly if they can, because uh the our our year in our municipality is around July and then then the August deadline for the following year. It's not a calendar year. So now is crunch time. But there isn't that much data coming in and we're not getting any of that limited data. So you really have to know what you're doing to know all the comps and to get everything priced correctly.
1: Well, wow. um, interesting experience you're experiencing. Um- what I was going to say is that, uh, how about bidding wars? Are there still uh, those when you say because the- Oh, of course. So-
2: the, that's what I mean. Take a number. It's it's like the deli counter. You know, they have three pounds of chicken and 400 people who want chicken. You know, it's sort of like, oh my gosh, the chicken went for that much. But it is a value market. Buyers want value. They really do. So if something is priced right, you know it's priced right because you have a lot of interest, and just like a yard sale, if you pick up that little tchotchke and then put it down, somebody who didn't want it suddenly wants it because somebody else wants it. You always want what somebody else has.
1: Yes, I think it's, it's human a psychological nature. phenomenon. Yeah, you're right about that. So
2: we have a um, we have a lot of that, and and huh? it's it's a lovely place to live, and there's very few things on the market. So of course there's great demand very little supply and we all know what happens
1: right so what kind of advice do you give to uh, first time uh, home buyers
2: oh it's easy be ready be ready if you're if you're financing have everything in place if you're cash have those proof of funds in place so that when you make an offer the proof of funds accompanies it the the offer is very clear The seller then can look at things and you will stand out because you're ready and your terms are ready and you've done your homework. Don't walk in just looking because when you look, sometimes you fall in love and you don't want to lose because of yourself. You want to be ready to do and you want to know honestly and truly how much do you have to spend? What is comfortable? What makes sense? And what is an emotional response? I don't want them to get it. So I'll do something that's irrational. You want to be rational, meaning I tell them sometimes if somebody buys something for a dollar more than you're willing to spend because you've taken the time to do your budget, then you say, I can move on. Great. Good luck to you. I wouldn't have paid that price. You never want to be in the position to say, later, Oh, I would have paid that. If you would have paid that, you should bid that.
1: Good advice there again. Um, has the uh, mortgage rates had any effect on your market? It doesn't sound like that.
2: Mm, not usually, unless we're going into well double digits. I've been around a long time. So 12% is something I worked with. Whereas people think that's outrageous. They just don't go back. I know it was not my time when it was higher, but it's what you can afford. And you have to take into account what the money is costing you, whether you're borrowing it from Aunt Bluebell or the bank. Gotcha. And there's a lot of products uh, out there, too. There are a lot of products you should shop around. It's a lot of lenders that, that are looking at portfolios, too, which is great. So if you got a Van Gogh hiding in the closet, you can use that as collateral.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Um, so how was the rental market this year?
2: Oh, that's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked me. They're changing the rental laws in midsummer. What? You tell yes, me. that's a good that was- response. What? So they sent out this uh, notification that um, the rental laws have changed. It affects everyone owner occupied very, very much. We, they calls it a loophole, I don't. I call it a concession that was made because when the brouhaha was coming around where everyone's renting all the towns were going to laws, we like everyone else didn't have a law and everyone packed into the, the the big meeting places. And, you know, we had all these wonderful discussions about it, A very civil, but very passionate. And it was decided that really what we don't like is noise, and we don't like mess, and we don't like disturbances, you know, parking or traffic or any of that. So an owner-occupied was said, look, if you have a responsible person that's living there, they're renting out part of their house, and they're there, then they can rent short term, where now they're removing that pretty much completely. They're trying to work it in, from what I understand, because I find it confusing. It's just coming out, and I'll be very honest. I've been, you know, talking to people and trying to get to the core of these changes, and they're 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 not easy because they're mixing a little bit of the affordable housing which we as one of the towns that voted for it they're saying your accessory building that can be rented only can be rented now year round rather than vacation because we want people to live here year round to follow through with more affordable housing and people part of the community living here year-round. That being said, there's so many people that don't live here year-round that have them, like you're a snowbird. Am I going to keep everything open and water and you know, and have someone there? And they be are they my caretaker or do they? Does that make sense to me? Uh, so there's lots of questions, and I guess we'll go through them. It, the law passed without anybody saying anything, and I think it's because of the timing that we're all busy, and this was sort of a a mention. But the hotels will benefit if there's no not owner off, you know, owner occupied. occupied. Excuse me. Right. Yep. Because then there's no place else to go but the hotels or the legal bed and breakfast from the health department, you know, those designations.
1: Exactly. I hate to interrupt you, but it's, you know, we'll have you back and we'll talk more about this. But um, if somebody wanted to reach you, especially you had more questions about what you're talking about in Shelter Island, Susan Cincotta, uh, how could they reach you?
2: 631-514-9891 is my phone number. You can Google me or you can email me at susansincotta@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: Susan, it's always a delight having you on the program. As I said, we'll have you back again. This is John Christopher for Real Life Broadcasting here in the happening village of Southampton, New York on the only NPR station on Long Island. So stay right where you are since we'll be right back with our next guest. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today we're going to Yaco, Costa Rica, with uh, Costa Rican broker, uh, Tim Gennoni. And Tim, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing well, John. It's good to see you. It's been
1: a while. Likewise. 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 I know. Anyway, Tim, uh, before we talk about the uh, possibilities that Costa Rica has to offer, especially in Iaco, uh, let's start off. Where did you grow up?
3: I grew up right outside of Philadelphia, a little tiny town, Conshohocken.
1: You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I grew up in Philadelphia too, and then moved to the suburbs. And I remember I went to Upper Dublin High, and we played okay. against Conshohocken. So that's I,
3: it's close. It never falls far from the tree.
1: Exactly. You're, you're in Yakko and I'm in the Hamptons. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, how did you get from from Conshohocken to uh, Yakko?
3: Uh, so I guess it was uh, back in like, uh, I guess my first year here was 1990 or so. I came here surfing with friends of mine. And then I was able to shut down my, my company like uh, mid, mid-December. mid I would come down here for 30, 60, 90 days surfing,
1: traveling. Wow. And then you decided, let's make this home?
3: Well, I th- once I got married and my wife and I started frequently Costa Rica and with the kids... It just started becoming a conversation and then you know the the house purchased first and then uh like you know i think we can just live here and then we just kind of work through it. it took us a couple of years to transition out of uh life in the states but after that it's been great
1: wow um are there many expats uh in uh yakko and that surrounding communities
3: yeah I, I would there's i would say that 35 percent of the population locally here is expat it's pretty wow. large. Yeah, I bet you we have 9,000 expats within a square mile of us.
1: No kid, That's yep. fantastic. Now, you're starting, um, we're in the summer. Uh, how's the weather there now?
3: Well, for us, it's just starting to get rainy. So I guess American summer is like, we, we get our first rains in March, and then we get steadily progressive with rain as we get towards uh, November. October is our rainiest.
1: Okay. Now, do you have, uh, does the rental season, uh, I remember I was talking to your wife, Kim, at one point, and she, I think she said that summertime, you get a a big influx of people coming in for the summer. Is that still the case?
3: Yeah. So our our high season is like a week before Christmas to Easter. And we have, you know, most of our rentals do well in that period. Uh, Most of them are occupied between 80 and 90%. So the uh, I guess the po- population of Hakko swells from normally twenty thousand to maybe sixty thousand during the high season.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, can you tell us what "pure, pure uh, vida" means?
3: Pure That's- life. So, "pura vida" is is a the, the lifestyle. So, I mean, here uh, everything's a little slower. Everything takes a little more time, but everybody's a little more patient, and everybody takes the time to enjoy the day. So I mean porta vita is you know I, I don't necessarily live porta vita lifestyle but I've incorporated a lot of things in life that aren't necessarily important to other people but it's important to me
1: Gotcha. Well, especially being a, a real estate uh, person that's like uh can you can you slow down do you do you have the opportunity to slow down and and actually uh relax sometimes or is it like you're constantly working 24/7 like most of us
3: Well I think So I'm, I'm a secondary international agent. So where, where most agents I know have maybe five, six, seven listings, I have a hundred listings, you know? So Mm -hmm. I I always, I'm always working, Uh, but I do take the uh, two hours to go surf here and there. I may take a day to go fishing. Me and my wife will go to the city for a night, but we're, we're, we're pretty much on seven days a week.
1: When you say the city, um, are you talking about uh, Yaco or are you talking about San Jose?
3: Center Valley, Uh, Escazú, San Jose.
1: Oh, cool. Um, Never been there. You know, you fly into it, but I mean, it seemed like, is that an interesting uh, city?
3: Well, Escazoo is a larger upscale city, and there's a lot of things that we don't have here there. So we we usually go and spend a night in uh, the Sheridan or whatever, you know, one of the nicer hotels. We'll go out to dinner. Uh, They have, uh, like, Escalante is a town just right outside Escazoo, and they have a 1,000 restaurants, literally. And uh, we just figure out what we want to eat, and we enjoy the night. So it's it's a great break.
1: Now, can you get different – Venues of food like uh Thai and Indian, or is it mostly uh sure. South American?
3: So, so Costa Rica has a blend. Uh, but even in Hako now, since we're much a much busier beach town than most of the smaller scattered through Costa Rica, I mean, we we probably have 130 bars and restaurants. So um uh, our 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 menus are basically Costa Rican food to Thai, Chinese. Uh, we have a lot of seafood places. Uh, we have sushi. Uh, we have a couple of higher-end steakhouses. So, I mean, we have a good mix.
1: So you're not going to starve, basically, right?
3: We're never going to starve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think are some of the benefits of living in, J- in Yako?
3: Well, I think there's there's different aspects of what's really good about living in in a foreign country, especially Costa Rica, I mean, the cost of living here isn't much cheaper if you live in a beach town. Uh, but I think that I live a little more uh, like a a local person versus a tourist. So, I mean, we you know we don't venture out to dinner every night. You know, we we obviously you know we're busy with clients. We go out to lunch very often, but for the most part, I think we live here you know like a, like a family. So for me, the cost of living is much cheaper, I guess, for insurance reasons, health insurance. Uh, the cost here is probably one fifth of what I'm used to paying in the states. So, I mean, you know, it has its advantages. It has its disadvantages. Fuel costs are a little higher. Property taxes are nothing. So it kind of offsets.
1: That's uh, interesting. OK. Um... Has Yaku changed much since uh, you arrived? Uh, What what did you say, 92?
3: No, I arrived. So in 92, there was nothing in this town. There was literally five stores on the Main Street. My first year here, there was nothing here. Uh, I came back in 90, I think it was 90, 92, and 93. And then I came back in 99. And then in 99, this place has developed quite extensively. I was, I was amazed at how many things had, had blossomed. It ended up being, I would say, the Main Street was 65% developed at that point in time. So a lot of things had changed in probably six, seven years. Wow.
1: All right. Fascinating. Now, what are some of the surrounding communities, uh, the Yaco?
3: So to the north of us, is uh, is a more of a higher-end resort area. We have Los Sueños. Uh, it's also connected with the Marriott. So there's a golf course. There's a, a nice marina. Uh, so you can do fishing tours. You can uh, own, a, uh, I guess, a, a larger Ocean View three-bedroom condo, uh, probably right under a million dollars. And then you can step up to a larger house, uh, probably anywhere from 1.2 to 3.5 million. And 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 then but there's also.
1: Living... I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, I said there's also a, a neighborhood connected through Las Vegas, which is Faro Escondida, which is even more of an executive style neighborhood. It's it's all luxury homes. So you can you know find uh, a larger ten thousand square foot home on the upwards of two point 2. two to three million dollars.
1: Wow, that's still uh, compared to the Hamptons, still a bargain. Um I remember the last time I was in, in Yako uh you could find a condo with an ocean view for around 300000 uh thousand is that still possible
3: Yeah so I think the prices have swung maybe another 6 to 8% since you put in here but uh, I think you can still do a Crocs casino two bedroom uh 1450 square feet for about 400,000
1: Okay, so it's gone up a little bit, but still sounds like a bargain. No, it's still super um, affordable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, can you explain to us the process? I I come into uh, Yako and I say, Tim, I love this place. I want to buy something, and I find something. What's what's the uh, the process there? Do I need to get an attorney from the states? How how does that work?
3: So, I mean, once once we're under contract, you negotiate your contract. Once we have an executing contract. Uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll enter you into your a few options for an attorney so you can, you know, pick a, a t- attorney that suits you you know and you have a good rapport with. Uh, so your attorney will basically handle all your due diligence. Uh, uh, you'll have to open up escrow for your earnest money uh, deposit. Uh, we usually we usually include a 20 to 25 day due diligence period on on a contract. But we usually close the deal. Uh, within 30 days or sooner. So normally if it's a condominium, uh, since most of these condominiums have been in existence for a while, the due diligence can be shortened up uh, and be wrapped up usually within like 10, 12 days. And we can close them out pretty quickly. Uh, the single family homes, they require a little more work, surveys, plot plans, you know, so it's it's a little harder for due diligence here history for the attorneys. So we usually push them out to about 30 days
1: now, do you have to be there during that period or can you do this, uh, you know, via DocuSign or via
3: um, Okay, so so Costa Rica does not allow DocuSign for signing of documents, but uh, you can open up a corporation and you can do your closing by proxy. So this way you won't have to be present at closing. So if you, so we have a little lag time between uh, transfer of property. So if you close, Monday, the property probably won't be in your name or your corporate identity for another seven to 10 days. So after that process is completed in the National Registry, which holds all property information in Costa Rica, uh, once it shows up in your corporation or your personal name, then there's a few things we need to do. We need to change the services into your ID or your corporate ID or your personal name, Water Electric. Uh, You need to, you know, obviously be introed into your HLA administration and figure out what. You're going to do for payment. Uh, A couple tricky things that you have to know is that you can't pay an electric bill in Costa Rica with an American bank card or an American bank account. So you need to have a bank account here or have a property manager pay it for you.
1: Okay. Um. So, do you have to leave the country? Like, what happens? What is the length of stay that you can stay in your place in Costa Rica? Is it like three months? Uh, And then you have to go back and come back again, or can you stay longer? I'm not familiar with that.
3: Okay. So, so currently uh, you have to stamp out every 90 days. So when you come into Costa Rica, they'll give you a 90 day visa. So once that before expiration, you leave the country, whether you choose to go to Panama for three days, Nicaragua for three days, and then venture back into Costa Rica with a fresh stamp, that's the perpetual tourists or if you purchase and you purchase over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you qualify for residency.
1: Wow, that's great! And then, uh, do you have to pay taxes? I mean, in other words, you pay taxes here. Say you're li- you you're based, uh, your work is in the United States. Do you have to pay taxes on that in Costa Rica?
3: No. So if you base if your salary is coming from an American company, uh, you do not have to pay Costa Rican taxes on top of the U.S. taxes. That's
1: uh, that's fascinating. Okay. That sounds uh, pretty good. Um, how can you, uh, somebody has more questions, obviously, uh, probably more than I'm asking you. Um, how can they reach you, Tim?
3: Um, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty uh, uh, easy to locate. If you Google my name, you'll find me in, in a second. Uh, but my, my email how is spell, Tim. How
1: do you spell your last name?
3: Tim Gannoni. G-I-A-N-N-O-N-E. If you Google me, you'll find me. All
1: right. So you can also reach me on
3: my Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. But you can also reach me on my email, tim at remax-ocr.com. And my CR cell WhatsApp is country code 506-8896-1895.
1: Tim Gionni, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. This is John Christopher for Real Life. Thank you so much for listening to the only NPR station on Long Island, WLIW 88.3 FM. If you have any comment or thoughts, please reach out to me at john.christopher at sir.com. If you want to hear this program again or other podcasts, go to WLIW.org slash radio slash Real Life. In the meantime, be sure to have an awesome journey.
0: have been listening to Real Life, the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher, who also created the music for Real Life. WLIWFM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIWFM Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at WLIW.org radio.